Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I am Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, April 21st, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the Punchbowl News 4. The four factions of House Republicans to watch on the debt limit. Number two, the impact of Senator Dianne Feinstein's absence. And number three, the sparring over House investigations. All right, Jake, TGIF. Let's get right to it. We have a super interesting top of pun- in the newsletter this morning focused on the four factions, or as we are calling them, the Punchbowl News 4 uh, of House Republicans to watch as Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his top allies try to whip enough House Republicans to support this massive package as soon as next week. You know, Brez didn't like the Punchbowl News 4. He thought it was corny, but I, you know, I rarely win arguments, Anna. I think I won this one. I think we're sticking with the Punchbowl News 4. So I'm le- leaning in, clearly. Yeah. In the podcast, we're leaning into it. <laughs> leaning in. Yeah, so uh, f- let's start with this. Over the next week, between now and the end of next week, you'll hear a lot of um, chatter and uh, prognostications about, yes, they can pass this debt limit bill. No, they can't, et cetera, et cetera. We have no, we don't really know, right? We could tell you um, how they feel and what they think and who the problem, the problem children, I guess is the best way to say it are. And here's what we know today. Uh, remember, a lot of people thought McCarthy would win on the first ballot. So, and, and in the leadership. So let's, let's, let's make a, let's, be, let's be clear here. So the whip team, which is Tom Emmer and primarily Tom Emmer and Guy Reschenthaler, um, started whipping this debt limit package, $1.5 trillion hike p- paired with a lot of spending reductions. They started whipping it yesterday. They found, they felt good about it. They had more undecideds than they would like, but they felt as if they had a good whip on this. Um, now, the argument that they're making in, to Republicans is you voted for all of these cuts in the past. Of course they did, but they also didn't vote to raise the debt limit. So, um, Let's let's be clear. This is not as easy as 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 they make it out to be, or as easy as it sounds. Um, they are not, I don't think, um, going to change the text of this bill. Now they could reassure people about what the cuts are, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think between now and next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when they pass this thing, that they are going to um, that they are going to change the bill. Um, so let's talk about these four factions, groups of people, etc., who are very um, key for McCarthy, Steve Scalise, Speaker McCarthy, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and the whip team. Number one, Andy Biggs. Um, Biggs is a key player in the far right faction of the conference. Um, someone who doesn't really like McCarthy. Uh, he has praised the bill to some members, but he's but there's concerns that if if Biggs votes no, Eli Crane, his fellow Arizonan, uh, Matt Rosendale from Montana could join him and others, and this would be a very big problem for the leadership. So Biggs holds a lot of keys. Um, moderates, if you're a moderate, Anna from Pennsylvania or New York, um. Why the hell would you vote for this with all these cuts? I mean, even if you voted for the a lot of these cuts in the past, 
it's a it's a tough vote, and that's a bigger that's a bigger group, Jake. I mean, that's, you yes. you know, if you look at that, well, I mean, though you're you're talking about twenty potentially, you know, or or maybe a little, a little less, less than that, yeah, of Republicans who are looking at the fact that they represent districts that President Joe Biden won in twenty twenty. Um, and wondering whether or not it's worth taking this vote for the broader argument that getting this passed will then bring Republicans to the uh, negotiating table that the Biden administration will negotiate with them. That's a big that's a big question. Yeah. Here's what I would say, though. Um, we you and I uh, spoke to Brian uh, Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick uh, yesterday at a at a Punchbowl News event uh, on Capitol Hill. And. I. You know, he was he said he had issues with it, but very quickly after that, he said he thinks a lot of people will vote for this because they see it as, you know, I, I'm not quoting him here, but effectively the message was and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, we we want to get the ball rolling here. And 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 I think that is how a lot of people are looking at this, although it doesn't mean they're not people aren't going to Democrats are going to use this vote in campaigns, you know. President Biden, this is what they'll say, President Biden, you know, passed legislation or signed legislation to invest in manufacturing and all these things. And Brian Fitzpatrick or Congressman X voted to gut it, you know, and that will be true effectively. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Midwesterners, um, this is uh, less of a concern from what we could tell, but uh, there's manufacturing provisions and uh, ethanol subsidy uh, cutbacks in this bill. Um, or tweaks in this bill, and Republicans are are not as worried about that, but it is an issue. Defense hawks now huge cuts to military to spending overall. Defense hawks are concerned about what that might mean. They feel like they could control this group. You know, we'll have to see. I mean, they they always feel like they could control groups who are you know uh, troubled children. <laughs> um, so um, this is going to be difficult, Dana. It's going to take up a huge chunk of next week, and. Um, uh, McCarthy seemed to revel in it yesterday saying like you all are going to write that I'm teetering and I want you to watch the vote but I'm going to get it through you know something like that so anyway that's where we are yeah I mean listen he has to he, I, I agree with all of everything one I think the, the who to watch and then the idea that the body language so far isn't as negative maybe uh, as some people thought it was going to be and but like he has to project whether or not I mean he projected even when he had to go through vote after vote after vote um, to become the speaker um, so I think part of this is a lot of, you know, the, the theater of politics, right? And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they actually kind of close people. This is going to be the biggest test for his whip team uh, so far when it comes to a legislative legislative policy. Uh, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We are continuing covering this storyline of Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat from California, who has been sick and uh, has not been able to come to Washington and, and do her job. Um, and it's we really have no idea, right? The reporting and, and talking to the, her colleagues, nobody really knows when she's going to return. And that is obviously caused a big consternation within the Democratic caucus, uh, largely because the Judiciary Committee is functioning as a 50-50 panel, meaning that Republicans have veto over Democrats' judicial nominees. There has been, you know, they have been able to move people through that are supported on a bipartisan basis. But uh, this idea that Biden has been able to kind of uh, you know, uh, move through and appoint more judicial nominees uh, than, than ever before, that that pace is going to slow down pretty quickly. Yeah, here's what I would say on that. Um, there's, yes, that is that is true. 
the the judicial nominee thing is very true. Um, the longer she's out, the more the fewer you know bipartisan judges are going to be able to get through. And by the way, even the even judges that would have been bipartisan, maybe Republicans change their tune on just because Feinstein is out and they know they can't get it through without them. Here's another problem, and Andrew uh, gets to this in the in the item this morning. Um, you know, they want John Roberts, the Chief Justice, to come testify, um, and he is a um, he is a key figure in their estimation in the Clarence Thomas stories that have just been coming out in ProPublica about how he accept, accepted lavish vacations from Harlan Crow, um, the the billionaire Texan, big donor, etc. They can't get him to testify. They can't compel him to testify if Feinstein is out. If, if Dianne Feinstein is out, they can't get him to testify. They can't subpoena him. So that's an actual, that's another actual um, uh, fallout here. Now, there's plenty, there, the range of opinions, Anna, as you can imagine, the Capitol about, what, about when Feinstein's going to come back is just, is very wide. I mean, there are people who think she'll resign. There are people who think she'll be back soon. No one seems to actually know, or at least they're not saying, but they, they know, they're not, they don't seem to actually know. So, um, We'll have to see where we'll have to see how that shakes out. But this is listen. This is going to be this is a big issue, and there is intense pressure. And I, on the from the outside, from our uh, our our uh, from the the Pod Save America folks, they've do, they've dedicated a lot of time to pushing Feinstein out or trying to get her to resign. I mean, there are, there are people who say, listen, she's had a great career. She's eighty nine years old, and. Um, She's sick, and that's horrible. But we got to get on with the with our business here. Um, we have, you know, we don't have much time left with, you know, we don't know how much time we have left with a Democratic Senate and a de- Democratic president. So let's get the show on the road, you know. So that's kind of the that's kind of the um, the buzz on the outside, and we'll have to see where that goes. All right, let's run to the number three story of the morning. As always, the fight over House investigations and oversight is continuing, um, but there's an interesting new twist here with Representative Jamie Raskin, the Democrat from Maryland, the panel's top Democrat uh, on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. He is crying foul over the efforts and tactics of Republicans, in particular the chair, James Comer, over trying to unearth major revelations about President Joe Biden's family and financial records. There's a lot of details here, but he's arguing basically that Republican messaging violates laws that regulate the treatment of quote-unquote suspicious activity reports. Yeah, this is, I mean, listen, you got you to gotta make it clear here, which is we have to make it clear that um, Raskin is now making a legal argument about the viewing of these these uh, SARs, these these um, uh, bank records at Treasury, and saying that that Republicans might be violating the law by talking about them. Raskin is a lawyer; he's a, he understands the law quite well. Um, but this is the basis for the Republican investigation into Joe Biden and his family, to the extent there is one. Um, and they went over to Treasury this week; they saw these things. 
it's it's a I don't know if it's a bank shot, but it's it's it, listen, this is Raskin's job. You know, Comer keeps criticizing him, saying you're standing up for Joe Biden. You know, and I think I would have to imagine a lot of people are like, yeah, duh, dude. He's a, he's a, the ranking Democrat on the oversight committee. He's always going to stand up for the president. Uh, you know, see uh, Elijah Cummings back in the Daryl Issa days or anybody, anybody else who is who was uh, uh, the opposition to the or was in the same party as the White House and the oversight committee. So I, I can't imagine this is going to go. This is going to continue on a pace. You know what I mean? I think um, I think this is a uh, the Republicans are actually going back to Treasury at some point in the next couple of weeks. So um, uh, and they're they're viewing more of these. So this is going to be a continuing storyline. All right. With that, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like the Daily Punch, please talk about it. Share it on social media with your friends. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all the morning headlines uh, with our free morning newsletter. You can sign up for that at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.